This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Oren Lewin, and we're going to talk about how he has created Lionheart Leadership. Before we begin, I'll remind you, this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're interested in discovering, embracing, and sharing your voice, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you do just that and create the tactical content that delivers. Again, that's nightly.productions. Orin, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Zach. I'm glad to be here and excited for our time together. And I'm super excited about this. We've been chit-chatting a little bit before this and leaned up to it. You're an awesome guy. We're definitely going to dive into everything with Lionheart, but I want to make sure the audience knows who you are first. Just to give the audience a, a taste of who you are, you really have focused on a faith-based ministry. You've gained a deep passion for helping others develop and overall helping them make an impact. Out of your own journey from scarcity thinking to abundance thinking, you started Lionheart Leadership to entrepreneurs be insanely competent and resourceful. Before we dive into this, we, we're all about leadership here. So before we dive into this leadership conversation, I really want to know, man, tell us something we might not know about you. Tell us a fun fact that we wouldn't know just by seeing you online or hearing you on a podcast. Sure. Okay. So just at this moment, to give you a little bit of a picture at the craziness of our lives, we are moving this week on Thursday and we have a baby due next week, Wednesday. And so for whatever reason, we decided to really squish those right together. So some people may call us crazy, but that's what's going on right now. So got a new baby coming. Is it a firstborn, secondborn? How many kids do you got? Firstborn. So yeah. what, do we have a name picked out yet? We have a name. No one knows the name yet, except for us. Oh. So we're not going to talk about it. We'll, it's we'll it's going it. to be a girl. It's a girl. It's going to be a girl. going to be a girl. So a little lion heart coming forth. <laughs> and that's super exciting, but also super crazy to be moving, which means you're going to have to do an entire nursery in a new house and get everything prepped in about a week. It's going to be fun, man. It sounds terrible, but it sounds like fun. <laughs> no, no. I, I love it, man. That's super exciting. And I, I'm sure a lot of what we're going to talk about feeds into... Obviously, your family, your faith-based leadership, you're really focused on different aspects. So I imagine there's a lot of legacy conversation there. We talk a lot about legacy in Mm -hmm. our conversations, but I want to know overall, like, tell us just conceptually, what is Lionheart Leadership? What's the overall motivation for you behind it? How do you kind of conceptualize this movement that you're creating with Lionheart? Mm-hmm. Well, to really give a good picture, Zach, I'll just go back and I'll tell you a bit of my story and how that flows into what I'm doing now. So when I was growing up, I grew up in a small town in northern British Columbia, 400 people and going to town to a town of 2000 people. That was a half an hour drive away. That was that was my world. And uh, <clears throat> in this small town, uh, there wasn't a lot of of awareness of you know like emotional awareness, social awareness, which for a lot of guys my age was fine. They grow up, they're hunting, they're playing sports, they're you know pushing the other guys around, and they're growing up with a fairly healthy self image. But because I was off by myself in a farm, 
there was a number of uh, deficiencies, I guess, that I grew up with. Um, I homeschooled until grade five. When we ended up going to school, I was a bit behind academically. Uh, another one was sports. Sports was huge in our school, volleyball, basketball. I played it along with my friends, but I never, because I grew up on a farm, so I had the strength, but I didn't have the coordination that I that developed you know, through the years of, of playing. And so I was a bit behind uh, athletically and then also socially growing up out of town and just behind so a bit of socially shy and awkward. And so as I entered into my adult life, I just was uh, just felt like I was behind, felt like I wasn't really as capable as those who were around me. And, and, and off, and I also wasn't really aware of this. And so as we got, uh, as I, you know, progressed in my adult life, had a, had a deep passion and purpose, but I wasn't really aware of what was going on. And so <clears throat> a number of years later, my wife and I, we were, had a, had a little retreat for a weekend and we were, we were talking and, and I forget what the conversation essentially was about, but, uh, but she said, Hey, Orin, she said, if I want to know uh, facts and information, she said, I, I can go to Google. She said, I want to know who you are. <laughs> so I was like, you know, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, okay, I need to find out who this is. Who am I? What are the things that I'm feeling? Who, who really is Orin? And so that really set me on a journey. And, you know, I loved, love the world of personal development and leadership, character-based leadership, you know, from my faith. And so what, what I do with the, the Lionheart leadership, the, the meaning behind that name is that in order to grow, in order to be who you're called to be, it really takes that heart of courage, that heart of courage that's portrayed by a lion to step outside your comfort zone, to do difficult things, to challenge your fears and to grow. And so that's, uh, that's the passion for what I do to see other people grow from that place of maybe lack of procrastination, you know, um, lack of confidence to that place where they're living in, in freedom, they're living in confidence, they're being who they're supposed to be. Man, I, I love that. And let's be honest, she nailed it, um, hit, the, hit the nail on the head on that, because I think a piece of this with leadership, especially with Lionheart, I mean, obviously, there's a big courage piece attached to it, right? You have mm -hmm. to be courageous in leadership. And that means you have to tell people more about yourself, who you are. And we have an interesting piece attached to this where I was actually homeschooled sixth grade forward, sixth to 12th grade. I, I was homeschooled, mm -hmm. you were homeschooled right before that. And an interesting piece attached to this is like, there's a socialization piece there, right? There is an mm -hmm. awkwardness that I grew up with because I wasn't socializing in a normal context. I was playing sports, I was doing all of that, right? But it, there's still a, a lack there. How did you break out of that shell where you might have been a little bit more um, reserved or introverted? Have you seen that impact you in the business world? Because me personally, I'm an introvert. I do not like being in crowds for a long time, right? I don't love being the center of attention. I can see how that's impacted me, uh, especially in the business world, as I get in front of people, like podcasting one-on-one, mm -hmm. this is great. We can talk. Getting mm -hmm. in front of a room, which is equally important, is tough for me. How have you seen that impact you, shift you, and how have you overcome that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you're talking about a there's a social competence aspect here of just having those abilities, but where the root of being able to develop competency comes from is being able to believe that it's possible, being able to believe that you are capable, that you are able, that you have within you what you need in order to do that. And so that for my journey growing up with these these lack of beliefs. I wanted to be successful, intelligent, 
wanted to connect with others, worked extremely hard, but because I didn't experience success, I didn't believe that I was able to be successful. I, in a sense, believed that you know life kind of left me behind. That maybe you know powerful or impacting lives was for someone else, but not for me. And so when I dive into, I have a, a really neat process that I learned from a, a world called NLP and the self-concept model, which is a model of how we have actually formed our beliefs about ourselves. And so for myself, when I was able to realize, man, I don't feel like I'm a successful person. I don't feel like I'm a flexible person. I don't feel like I'm a strategic person. Like I'm going to be able to make this work. And so even in business, there was just a massive amount of resistance and fears and doubt that it was ever going to work. I was still trying. (laughs) I never felt like I was really going to get anywhere. And the, the results kind of proved that my beliefs were true. But when I was able to shift those, to switch those over and to say, no, I am a competent person. I'm intelligent. I'm flexible. And I am successful in who I am. That changed everything, Zach, because then it's more from a place of abundance that I'm just, hey, I'm just being who I am. And yeah, of course, I'm going to be successful because it's a part of who I am. I'm no longer seeking for this this success out of lack, but it's pursuing something that's definitely going to happen because it's just meant to be. I love that because a lot of us, we kind of shift this into the professional world and the adult world self-belief, imposter syndrome, these are things that we we really struggle with as adults. And you know my background. I was a SWAT guy, I was a cop, I was military, deployed Green Berets. When you think about confidence, you would think somebody like myself would exude the hell out of confidence, right? I've done so many different things in the leadership realm, but I still struggle with this imposter syndrome of, I don't know if I belong in the corporate world, I don't know if I belong teaching people, I don't know if I really am that guy. And it's something that I've had to develop over the time of like, how do I develop past that? How do I personally create these self-belief, get over the imposter syndrome and recognize like I have these things that add value to in the world. I imagine in what you're doing now with Fine Heart Leadership, you see this pretty often. Is there like a special tip or trick or anything that you would immediately recommend do this to create that self-belief in imposter, get over that imposter syndrome for anybody working with you? If I'm just going to give a quick tip. So if I'm working with someone, we're going to do it like a deep dive and it'll be more comprehensive, but just a quick tip. One thing that James Clear said in the book, Atomic Habits, he said, decide who you're going to be and then prove it to yourself with small wins. Decide who you're going to be and then prove it to yourself with small wins. And, and I think that's what I would tell someone. I'd say, hey, just decide what your goal is. You need a purpose. You need a goal to create that motivation. And then just look for those small wins. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to have huge things to create these beliefs. But notice every time you're creating a small bit of evidence to to convince yourself to create the belief that, hey, no, I'm competent. So based on multiple actions, the more experiences you have that you see are positive, the more that's going to reinforce that belief from a place of, I've experienced it, I've lived it, and I'm going to continue to do so. Yeah, I think that's great advice, man. And there was a, a speech that kind of went viral a couple of years ago by Admiral McRaven. And it's talking about making your bed first thing in the morning. Start your mm-hmm. day with a small win, like making your bed every single day. So you can go into the day knowing you've already accomplished something. Is there something that you start your day with that really shifts that and pushes that forward for you? Mm. I do start my day usually with some prayer and with going for a walk. And so I, I don't make my bed all the time. Usually I'm the first one up. And so I'm out of the house and I've used a process by an author called Hal Elrod. 
called The Morning Miracle. And so it's just seven steps. And so I just go for a walk and go through this process and really helps gear me up for the day with some affirmation and some visualization. And I found it to be a great process that I recommend to a lot of people. Yeah, I love how I write. And he has a lot of things that I've kind of delved into as I've been writing mm-hmm. my book. I know we've talked about that. Um, and he has a great journal and almost like a workbook that he's created that I'm essentially thinking about modeling after because he has such a great concept there. And I know he has uh, he has a huge following attached to that. He does a lot of really great things with it. Have you seen that impact your day in family, personally, professionally? Where have you seen the biggest impact in taking that time for yourself every day? I think all of the above, Zach. I would say that when I do this, just have a routine. And that's one thing that, you know, many, many authors write about. Tim Ferriss talks about his is having a morning routine. When you wake up, have something that's going to calibrate you, that's going to heart calibrate your, your mind where you're focused on what you want to accomplish during the day. It's going to calibrate your heart so that you're in a place of like centeredness. And so that where you're ready for whatever comes at you. And so whether it be work or family or some other activity that you're doing, having something in the morning to calibrate is so important. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's why I'm up at 4 a.m. every day going to the gym because I think that's like that piece of getting the day started. I have to ask, because it's always amusing to me with different leadership folks. Are you one of the type that hits news on the alarm or does your feet hit the ground after the first time? Which way do you lean? That's funny. Four o'clock. I was, I think I'm pretty good usually, but I can't talk four o'clock. I'm usually up at five. <laughs> no, man. I uh, I used to really hit snooze all the time. But as I've done this work, as I've really gotten in touch with my values, with what's important to me, when I wake up, it's like, man, I have important things to do today. And my body and my mind is ready to get up. And so it took me, man, it took me a long time, maybe a decade to come to this point. But now it's, I'm ready to go when I wake up during the day. Yeah, I love that because it's one of those, once you align yourself to this passion, this purpose, I remember, man, when I was in law enforcement, even the military, I had moments of where I was like dragging butt getting out of the bed, right? Like mm. just didn't want to get up, didn't care to get up. I wasn't motivated, like you just said, to get up. But once you align yourself with that passion, that purpose, and you start getting excited about things during the day, that changes the retort, right? You're excited to get up in the morning. One thing that I do is I set my alarm instead of that stupid iPhone alarm that is really annoying. My alarm every morning is the Rocky theme song. Gets me. It's my hype song. It's my walk up the stage song. It's like my hype song. Is there something that you awesome. do as part of this morning routine that kind of brings that level of excitement to your morning? I know Miracle Morning has a lot attached to it. Is there something that you really love? Gratefulness, journaling. What part of that do you really treasure each morning? That's funny. I'm going to take that theme song. I don't know if I'm going to use the Rocky one, but I, I'm finding a new alarm after today. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one, man. And that's straight up America right there, man. And I know you're, you know, up north past the border a little bit. So yeah. don't feel my America theme song over here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, one of the biggest things that I talk about, so the self-beliefs and the self-concept, but a, but a huge part also of what I deal with is values, core values. And I, and I know that's talked about a lot, but essentially a value is the things that you believe are important, the things that you really want. And I, and the clearer that a person gets in touch with their values, not only at a high level, but how this is actually playing a part in your everyday life, how this is impacting this conversation. You know, every conversation I have, it's a part of 
living out what's important to you. And so being able to connect those has such a huge impact as far as, you know, when I started living this, it's like motivation, my motivation shot through the roof, my confidence went way up. And then also just the sense of meaning and purpose that I'm doing something that is significant, that is valuable. And so as, excuse me again, so as this has really just become a part of who I am, I don't need to have any really tips or tricks or hacks to get into that mode because I live and breathe. This is, I practice it on myself every day with my clients. Every time I'm meeting with a client, we're digging in, how are we tying this, whatever goal you have to your values? Because that's going to create that motivation and that momentum. And so that's what, man, it's amazing. I would never have thought that I'd be saying this, but just to have come to that point. Yeah, I think it's a great point to come to because I think a lot of us, it takes a long time, right? It's not something that is usually initially made or initially there for you. And you have to kind of discover this as part of the self-discovery process. And I know a lot of what you talk about and focus on are those character, the characteristics, the values of a leader. Is there one in particular that stands out to potential clients, prospects, current clients? So one characteristic you've seen that you're like, oh man, this is the thing that will set you apart that you love to double down on with those clients? Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question because I find that that everyone does have a unique compilation of values of what's important to them. And I think that when we get high enough, usually it's always coming down to things like connection or joy or peace. And you know, when people are living in alignment with these, these are some of the highest level things, the highest moral standards, right, that are talked about in every religion and mine coming as a Christian is, hey, get in touch with what are the things that are most important to you. They're they're always going to align with quality of character, quality of life. And so whatever an individual's compilation of their highest values of what's most important to them is, as they start living in alignment with that, with how they're made, how they're, you could say their soul is organized, the result of that is good. The result of that does stand out. The result of that is unique. It's who they are authentically and living their purpose really for good in this world. Yeah, that, that's definitely huge, yeah. man. I, I love that piece of things. There's so many different characteristics that make up a great leader. I, I really lean towards you know vulnerability being a big piece of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. passion, drive, motivation. There are certain aspects that I love working with people that display these things. When you're going through this for yourself, I kind of want to turn this back toward your journey. Right. It's one of those for me as I've gone through life. I think there's been like a hindsight is 2020 type thing where I take lessons that I didn't recognize in the moment, but I've tried to highlight moving forward, especially as I've written this book. It's such a great like self-awareness tool. Is there something or a story that has happened over these years that has really helped you highlight lessons you've learned over this time where it's one of those where, oh man, this is such a great lesson. I didn't see it at that time, but now I see it and understand why this happened to me or why this happened for me. Well, starting a coaching practice has been something that has thrown me outside my comfort zone into the most uncomfortable place that I've ever been. So when I grew up and, you know, was my first 10 years of adulthood, I was in a Christian faith-based ministry. And so I was always, you know, with organizations or with groups of people, just kind of following. And that was exciting, man. That took me overseas that I was in India for two and a half years. I was in Papua New Guinea living in the jungle for 
a few months with a tribe, eating their food. And so a lot of cool experiences. But as I got married and was returned to Canada and just really felt like the next stage for me to grow is to really start this business, that threw me way outside my comfort zone. No one in my family is in business or entrepreneurial. No one that I knew growing up with is in this circle, in this realm. And so it was something that I knew so little about. And and there was times, man, where I just wanted to quit. There was times where I you know, just wanted to give up and said, man, I want to go back. But just the prospect of, I don't know if I could go back. I might do that for a week and then I'd be unsatisfied again. So that as difficult as it as that starting point of launching the business has been, that's been so defining. It has grown me so much. And man, it's such an amazing experience. So for all those you know, leaders, for all the entrepreneurs who are listening, they know very well what I'm talking about, that experience and that growth journey that you go through when you do something like this. Yeah, it's such a great point to make because it's one of those, a lot of us, especially in the veteran space or the police space, when we're taught, you operate within this small box. You are the uniform. And a lot of us, I think we can correlate with this aspect is we too often merge our identity and who we are with our professions, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm an accountant, right? Or I'm this piece of the world. And you can even say in the personal life, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I'm a dad that does this, this, and this, right? I think there are different pieces of passion that where we start merging our identity and who we are into what we do. And there should be distinction there, Mm -hmm. right? Have you seen this kind of come into fruition for you outside of obviously my veteran world, but have you seen this within the leadership world where you, you've seen where you had to identify maybe that piece that the individual had to fall in love with themselves all over again? Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, what I'm thinking of when I'm hearing you is when we identify ourselves as any like profession or job or position, that is inherently somewhat vague. Right? It's a position. It's the position. It's a title, but it doesn't say too much about who you are. And so this is why, you know, when I'm working with someone on a level of identity, I say, hey, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper because saying, hey, I'm a leader, right? Or even I'm a CEO, that doesn't really tell us enough. Who are you really? And so when when I'm dealing with self-beliefs or, or the ways that you would identify yourself, we're talking about things like, you know, intelligence or competence, or like, as I mentioned for myself, flexible and successful, right? These types of qualities, characteristics, when we're talking about character-based leadership, we need to get into these things and really where the rubber is hitting the road. How, if you're a leader, how are you showing up as a leader, right? If you're, you know, I'm going to be a dad. Okay, that's great. How am I going to show up as a dad? What are the qualities? Because these, when I have these things figured out, Zach, then I can switch title any day and it doesn't matter because I'm still taking me with me. My identity is not on the title. It's on these deeper characteristics and the qualities of what makes me who I am. Yeah, I think that's such a great piece to highlight because it's that who you are that you can fall in love with again. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that you need to bring. Just like we talked about from the get-go, people want to know Mm -hmm. who you are. Right? They want to know that vulnerability yeah. attached to you being who you are. That's what makes you relatable. That's what's going to draw people to you. So I, I love that you kind of just brought that full circle all the way back into make sure that when you're in the spotlight, when you were up front, have the courage to be up front, have that lion heart to be up front, right? As mm-hmm. a leader, 
recognize you have to be authentic. You have to be yourself. And such a great tie around all the way around. I love that piece, Warren. But I really want to know, with everything you're putting out there, taking this leap of faith, having the courage for yourself, creating everything you're doing in the leadership realm, what is the legacy you want to leave on the world as you put all these amazing things forward? Mm. Well, to be honest, a lot of it does overlap with my faith. And with what I believe in wanting to make a difference, you know, as I have been created, you know, one of the phrases that Jesus says in the Bible is freely you have received and freely you give. And so that's a big part of it. And what that looks like in my life, well, as I've gone through this journey of self-discovery and self-concept, that's the difference that I I want to make. I want to pass this on to as many people as possible to understand, hey, What are the values that have been placed on you? What are the most important things in life? Let's focus on those because the world is, there's a lot of messes in this world. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of evil in this world. And how that happens is that's when these values are out of order. When things that are not important become important. When things that should be important are forgotten. That's when atrocities happen. That's when evil happens. And so my desire, Zach, the legacy that I want to make is help people really come in line with who we are as human beings, because there is so much there. There is so much as far as potential and possibilities. As Les Brown says, there is greatness in you. And, you know, that's what I want every person to see, to get in touch with who you are, with your inner resources and potential and ability and find what is your unique message and how to bring that to the world. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And that's such a great piece, that unique message, because we all have our own story. We all have that piece that we mm-hmm. should, and the world deserves to know, right? I mean, it, it's huge. And I want to give the audience an opportunity. What's your contact? How can we reach out to you? How can we find out more about you? What's your, what are your links, your handles? What's the mm-hmm. best way for everybody to get to know you more? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Zach. So, so my website is lionheartleadership.ca. It's a Canadian domain domain name, lionheartleadership.ca. And what I do is if a listener is interested, every month I put on a webinar where I talk about a process to overcome inner resistance, those fears and those doubts. And so if you want to meet me, see me live in action, that's lionheartleadership.ca forward slash webinar. And there will be a sign up and registration and that renews every month. And then if you want to just reach out, there'll be contact information right there on the website. So I would love to talk with whoever's interested in, in these things that we've been talking about. I love it, man. Faith-based, character-based, leadership as a whole. It's such an important part of this world. So I encourage everybody, mm-hmm. reach out to Orrin, check out that webinar. It's something that I think is going to be super fascinating. You're going to learn more, not only about Orrin, but probably learn more about yourself along this journey. So I really encourage everybody to check it out, but also come back this Friday. Of course, we're going to bring Warren back to Tactical Friday. We're going to get a little bit more granular about his process and how he can help you create that lion heart for your leadership. Warren, I appreciate you so much, my friend. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.